This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you today, and we have a great question. But before we get to that, Pastor Michael, we have some ask of our listeners. What would those be? Um, number one, um, we want to invite our listeners to download our Village Church uh, app on your phone. And uh, it's called the Village Church of Bartlett app. So if you go into any app store, Google, Android, whatever, you know, those um, um, lesser um, um, devices, <laughs> or you can go to the iPhone, the uh, app store, and just type in Village Church of Bartlett. You'll see um, our app there. It is the one-stop shop to all of our digital content. Everything digital is there. Everything. You can submit Q&A podcast questions. You can listen to our sermon podcast, our training podcast, our Q&A podcast. Uh, when our kids Q&A podcast launches, you can listen to that whole bunch of stuff that you can listen to um, right there. And so, um, which leads to number two, which is submit a question. Submit a question. And you can do that on the app or you can do that on our website. Tim, what? I forget. What is the, what is our website? VCOB.org. And just be sure that you click, it's right on the homepage, right on the homepage. You can see that Q&A podcast. Just click on that little button there and you can submit a question that way. Yep. Number two is? Share it. Share it, share, share it. Share it. Uh, we really want to make this content as helpful as possible. And so we're actually, your questions are making this, I think, really, really great. And, and and so the questions you guys are submitting are awesome. I mean, if you ask boring questions, it's going to be a boring <laughs> podcast. So thanks for asking great questions and uh, share this. That's how we get the word out. That's one of the main ways. And we would love this to be in as many um, minds as humanly possible. That's great. Yes. And then the last thing is we want you to go to the iTunes store and rate and review. We would love five stars. Pretty I know please. you want six. I want six, but they yeah, don't but let us. Five, five is as high as they can go. So please rate and review this at the iTunes store. All right. So here's our question for today. Are there apostles today? Today is the key question. Yeah. So let's let's talk about um, where the word comes from, um, what the word means, and then we'll translate to some of the confusion in the church today. So uh, in the first century, Jesus comes, uh, he launches the church, and the leaders of the first century church, like the key leaders, the big dogs, the guys in charge are the apostles. Mm-hmm. And uh, this would be like a church office. So when we speak of offices, we speak of positions that are given responsibilities and authority. So in the church, there are a few offices today. In fact, two, we have elder and deacon. Those mm-hmm. are both positions that um, people can aspire to. And then with them, when they become an elder or deacon, they have authority um, and responsibility. And there's certain requirements that are needed for you to be in any church office. So um, in the first century, the apostles were the church leaders. The buck stopped with the apostles. Um, the word apostle literally just means one who is sent. It's a sent one or somebody who goes with a message. And mm-hmm. so it's a very simple word. And and so Jesus, when he established the church, he gave leaders over the church who um, this group of men and women were given unique and profound, we'll say supernatural abilities by God so that when they spoke the truth about God or penned um, letters, that they would be authenticated by the powers that came with them. They had abilities to do signs and wonders and miracles and healing and just a really um, profound office. And and, and just let me interrupt you here. We want to make sure for our listeners that we are distinguishing between a disciple – 
and an apostle. These are two different terms describing the followers of Jesus in the first century, and they are also different terms that are used throughout the church world today. They do mean two different things. And we are just referring to the word and the office of apostle here yeah, today. Yeah, so let, let's build a root. So Jesus had 12 disciples, okay? Um, 11 of those disciples became apostles. Mm-hmm, um, right. A disciple literally means follower. A follower or a learner. Right. Yeah. And, just a student um, of. A student of. And, and mm-hmm. so like a, a rabbi would have little pupils, and those pupils would be his disciples. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then the some of the disciples, 11 of the 12, became apostles. Once Jesus died, rose again from the dead, and ascended into heaven, that's when the apostolic office, we'll say, was solidified. Right. So the many of the of disciples apostles. became apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, disciple again, there was Jesus's 12. You know, Judas was the one that just kind of did dumb things and filled with Satan. But yeah, so the disciples became the apostles, the followers became the leaders yes. of the early church. And uh, so here's the deal. In the Bible, there are specific prerequisites for someone to become an apostle. And it is impossible for someone today to meet those prerequisites. Totally agree. So let's take a moment and just kind of talk through these prerequisites so you can hear um, what they are. Um, number one, 1 Corinthians 9.1, that if you're going to be an apostle, you have to be a witness to the resurrected Jesus. And I don't think there's too many people Anybody? left around Anybody? today that could do that. Anybody? No? Crickets? Okay, good. Uh, number two, you have to have been chosen by the Holy Spirit, Acts 9, 15. Um, very important. And this happens as other apostles recognize you were chosen by, by the yes. Holy Spirit. Um, you have to have the ability to perform signs and wonders, 2 Corinthians 12, 12. This is one of the ways that the apostles were validated. validated How yes. do you know somebody really is an apostle? There were supernatural abilities that God gave to them. Now, the reason this is so important is because the apostles were commissioned to lay the foundation of the early church. Mm-hmm. Um, what they wrote was considered sacred. Now, we now call it scripture um, or the Bible, but what they wrote was considered authoritative and binding. And the way God validated that the messages and the teaching and the training of these apostles um, were from him was by accompanying them with signs, wonders, healings, miracles, crazy cool stuff. And we see every bit of that being portrayed or played out in the New Testament. Yes, absolutely. And you'll just watch that happen. You'll see the apostles doing really kind of cool, crazy, crazy things. Next, one of the, um, we'll just say impossible, doubly impossible requirements comes from Acts chapter one, when they were going to replace Judas as the 12th apostle. There was a sense that they needed to have 12. And uh, here's what they wrote, Acts um, 1, 21 to 22. They said, so one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. So um, basically, here's the point. If you're going to be an apostle, here are some of the requirements. You had to have been there from the beginning, from John's baptism, and then seen him all the way to the ascension. They want to make sure that there was somebody who was along the path of this journey. So they put forward two men. But when you just step back and you take the big picture, 
Um, it's all, it is impossible. Like there is nobody alive no today. No one alive today can right. fit those qualifications. Not at all. And then, um, did you witness the resurrected Christ? Have you been explicitly chosen by the Holy Spirit? Are you able to perform signs, wonders, miracles, healings? Like, so um, the reason um, that Paul was an apostle was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So now Jesus can Jesus is God, so he can do whatever he wants, right? Right. So Jesus says, look, here's the standard rule of apostles. Here's how it's going to work. Here are the expectations. Um, but I'm going to do one thing different. I'm going to take Paul and I'm going to put him into this office, even though he's not like the rest of them. And I'm going to give him his own special, unique, personalized right. training. Um, and so this is where Paul, he calls himself the least of the apostles, one untimely born, right. all of this stuff, because he doesn't technically meet the requirements. Um, but we see in the book of Acts that Jesus made a very special, purposeful, intentional um, exemption to this rule for the apostle Paul. It does right. not mean that he's making regular exemptions now. So um, when we get to this this idea of apostleship. I want to talk about two things in particular so we can go a little bit deeper here. Okay. One thing we've established are the rules for apostleship and there is no humanly possible way somebody who is alive today can meet those requirements. That's right. The office of apostleship necessarily ceased with the end of the apostolic era because no one else was able to fulfill these requirements. That's number one. Um, Number two, um, I want to talk about maybe some more of the um, charismatic side of things, because if you're going to find yourself in prosperity churches or health and wealth churches, I'm going to be blunt. Obviously, I don't have a lot of patience for these people. So if you're listening, I love you, but I particularly don't um, appreciate the pastors who are manipulating you and taking your money. Because of their motivation behind what it appears to be the motivation behind their ministries. Totally. It's unbiblical, selfish, and greedy. So um, here's the point. You will find people in the prosperity movement throwing this term around, I am an apostle, and they Mm -hmm. will claim Pauline revelations of Jesus, like he did for me what he did for Paul. And um, there are basically two reasons that they're trying to do this. Number one, it's giving them more authority, which number two, gives them more authority to get your money. Mm -hmm. And... um, and in this world, it is a manipulative method to give somebody more authority. So here, let me give you an example. If an apostle came up to somebody in the first century and said, um, give the church everything you own, you did it. I mean, right. these guys you had obey. crazy authority. Now, they, we don't see them using it like this in Scripture. Let's they be clear. They never used it. I'm just no. saying that they have authority over the church. Like when they speak, it is because they're speaking in behalf of God. They're there to establish the foundation of the church and they have authority. Um, and And – and honestly, the greedy um, swindlers of the prosperity movement know this. So they utilize these terms to grant them the illusion of authority so they can give you or get from you more money. So I'm done talking about them. I don't want to waste my <laughs> life on these people. So um, the second thing I want to talk about is this idea of a spiritual gift. Okay, um, If you're listening, this might be new to you, but here's the breakdown one-on-one. When you get saved, God gives you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives you a ministry to do. Okay, That's just a, a flat-out idea. So um, what Paul does is he puts apostleship in the category of spiritual gifts. There are the, there are apostles and teachers and leaders and healers and people who speak in tongues and um, all these other um, gifts or ministries. And uh, I just want to make I want to make a little point for my um, non cessationist friends. If you don't know what that means, <laughs> don't even worry about it right now uh, because this isn't for you. Even though it might go well for you to look this up, uh, I tell. People all the time. Everybody is a cessationist who is at least somewhat biblical to a degree. To a degree. To a degree. Because apostleship is a gift 
that is no longer possible to be around. It doesn't exist anymore. And therefore, everybody at the very least believes the gift of apostleship has ceased with the end of the apostolic age. And uh, so all of um, all my buddies who say none of the gifts have ceased. No, that's actually not true because apostleship is designated as a spiritual gift and it has an expiration date on it. um, And that is the end of the apostolic era. Uh, as a vil- from the village church perspective, the reason we believe healing miracles, signs, and wonders have ceased, that people are not walking around with these specific, specific gifts, gifts, is because these gifts were explicitly designated for the validation of the apostolic office, which could be a great Q&A question. Michael, why do you believe that? <laughs> I'm not going to answer right now, but I can justify it Next explicitly from Scripture. So uh, I hope that helps our listeners. Big picture, are there apostles today? The answer is no. No, it's not possible. Nope. Are there swindlers? who call themselves apostles who want your money. Yes, Yes. there are. Do we like them? Mm, I I don't like their teaching. Don't like their teaching. (laughs) All right, Michael. So we've been talking about the office of apostle, but we do have evangelical churches in the Christian world that they would would agree with what we just shared. The the office of apostle has ceased, but the function of an apostle is maybe has not ceased or they would maybe even go stronger and say the function of an apostle it has still validity for today yep so there's the big a apostle and the little a and the little a the big a is the office right and that's what the prosperity preachers use the big a right then there's a there's a movement um i don't know when it started the first time i ever heard it was from mark driscoll when he was talking about spiritual gifts and ministries and uh, he put at mars hill um, in their gift assessments, an apostolic gift. And what I've noticed is since he did that, a whole a bunch, bunch of other churches, churches started using on, yeah. that. Now, that may have come from someone previously. I just haven't seen it. So um, here, here's what I think. I think that's really confusing. I think so, too. I think it's bringing more of a personality assessment into a spiritual gifts format. And um, it's it's just one of those words. I'll give you an, a parallel of this, right? Some churches have deaconesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't actually fulfill the office of deacon. Well, then don't call them deaconesses. Yeah, don't so we call don't have that. pastoresses and elderesses or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> like let the word be what the word is and find another word, you know, and uh, we don't have to sanctify every word with biblical language. Um, honestly, apostles now often are more times than not entrepreneurs, risk takers, and starters and builders. Right. And, find and missionaries word. function in that role. Yeah. Well. So, and so I would just say the word apostle means something. Now, on the other hand, um, there are people who are sent out ones. Okay. Yes. But it doesn't mean that we need to go back to the Bible, take the word apostle, uh, and then retrofit it into our American culture, Christian culture, and, and try to make it sound more scriptural. Right. Um, I'm not an apostle. I'm an entrepreneur and a builder and a starter. You could call me an apostle. I won't take the term because I think it's unnecessarily confusing. Correct. Um, and also the way the health, wealth, prosperity movement has taken that term I just think we muddy the waters. Now, are they like evil and bad and and, and the churches, they do that? No, I'm just saying from my perspective, that's all I'm giving. I don't think it's a helpful term. I think it's a misleading term. I don't think it's evil or sinful if you're going to use a little a apostle. I just, we don't do it. Right. Thank you listeners for joining us today. Please come back next time when we answer the question, should I respond on social media to people's thoughts on transgender rights or maybe uh, same-sex marriage? Yes, no, maybe. Ah, people are crazy. (laughs) 